My name is Andranik Eskandarian, and you are listening to Tim Melly Talk. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Tim Melly Talk. I'm your host, Artis Akhari. Really glad that you can join us. And let's just go ahead and say it. Plenty of Iranian football fans in a good mood today after a huge 3-0 victory over Bahrain in World Cup qualifying. Joining me today, my good friend, Dara Zarandi. Dar, how are you doing over there on the East Coast, man? Never been better, Art. Always good, as you said, when we are uh, winning a crucial game in World Cup qualification. Um, yeah, you can't ask for anything more than that. So all is well over here. And like you said, that good feeling of winning a World Cup qualification match. But this was a 3 nothing shit lacking of Bahrain in Bahrain. So this made that was, it was just that much more sweeter. I mean, wouldn't you say? A hundred percent. A lot of the trash talking that was being done in the Bahraini media leading up to this game. Uh, one reporter calling our players um, unknown or saying that our players don't, aren't really known in world soccer um, with obviously the way that the last game went and just the overall history, of course, um, with them waving the Saudi flag in 2001. There, there's so much um, current and uh, past history um, that kind of just made this win extra, extra sweet. So, yeah, 3-0 is an awesome result. And before getting to the starting lineup, let's just do a quick review of how this, quali- of how this round has gone in qualifying. Um, obviously, Iran got started off with a 2-0 win against Hong Kong and then a 14-0 win over Cambodia. Those games are in September and October of 2019. And then we know how the story went, how basically, um, you know, um, a few days after that game, again, a few days after that 14 nothing win over Cambodia, there was a disaster, one nothing loss to Bahrain in Rifa. And then one month later, the 2-1, I call it even another disaster, the 2-1 loss to Iraq in Amman. And as we know, because of the obvious things that have been going on, there was a lot of rescheduling and postponing of these qualifiers, which really did irritate us. But Iran got back on track with a 3-1 win over Hong Kong. That was just on the 3rd of June. And, of course, today, the 7th of June, Iran defeating Bahrain 3-0. Now, let's talk about the starting lineup. We're looking back at it, we know Ali Reza Bayramvan was in goal. At left back, we had Milad and Mohamedi. The two center backs were Khalilzadeh and Kanani. Moharami is the right back. Uh, the big question, of course, was in the midfield because the midfield was Ahmad and Nurulahi. Not so much the question with him, but, like I said, Nurulahi. Esana Hasafi, and then we had Vahid Amiri sliding over to replace Jahanbash. No surprise up front, though, with Tarami, Azmoun, and Golizadeh. Now, I know this is a lot for you to, that I'm throwing at you, uh, Dara, but I remember this morning when we were communicating, you know, before this game, you said, you know, you saw the, you saw the rumors, reports about what the starting lineup would be, and, you know, we were not happy about it. And, you know, when you look back at that, you know, what was the first thing that went through your mind when you saw that starting lineup from Dragon Skocic? Me personally, I was kind of upset about the fact that, um, you know, I, I think two of like the key players for us last game um, were Godus and Torabi and what they brought off the bench, um, kind of coming in, uh, being able to put pressure on the ball when, uh, you know, we don't have possession uh, on the opposition. Uh, you know, of course, I know it was Hong Kong, but that's something Torabi always does. Um, and then Godus's, uh ball distribution is just uh, stellar. Um, his movement off the ball is great. 
So just like seeing those two things, I thought like from last game, like thinking that in a crucial game like this, I thought both of them would be, um, you know, definitely important people to have in the starting lineup. Um, I also thought uh, Mortiza Purali Ganji was for me, somebody who I want to see start as well. Um, uh, you know, I don't want him to go into like potentially the Iraq game having only played a full 90 minutes or a starting a game against Cambodia potentially at this point, we can say. Um, I was hoping that he could kind of get a little bit more than the few minutes he got today. Um, so, yeah, those were like the three like lineup um, differences that like I would have personally had. Um, and yeah, the, the the first thing I thought, again, was just like we're lacking in each area of the field here. Um, you know, Torabi being one of the attacking players, I thought we miss uh, from the start, Kodus, the midfielder, and Purali Ganji in the defense. Um, but I will say that, you know, I do. I was very pleasantly surprised with Kanoni. Um, I, I am quite critical of him at times because I do think he has um, his moments where he has mishaps, um, you know, either turning the ball over in a crucial area or, um, heading the ball away very clumsily to uh, the opposition, things like that. Um, but he actually had a really solid game. He won his 50-50s. Um, and, 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 you know, aside from maybe one instance uh, early in the, the first half, he, he had a pretty, um, you know, um, solid game with, without many mistakes, in my opinion. You know, we'll get to the goals at the moment. We know all three goals came in the second half. But right now I'm just focusing on the first half. And I just have to go back and talk about Esana Hatsafi. I know anyone who's been watching my YouTube show as well as listening to this podcast would right away say that maybe I'm a little hard on him. But Esana Hatsafi, I really am meaning it when I'm saying this. I'm reaching that point where, I mean, I already want to say I have no problem saying that he should not be playing as, as a defensive midfielder. I mean, yes, if he's at a play as a left back sometimes. I think that's something for me to say, okay, well, that's a position he plays. So, I mean, what's your take on Hatsafi? I agree with you. I don't like him in any position. <laughs> um, if I'm being brutally honest, I I don't think that the guy has had, if you look at his like entire team Melly career, he hasn't had more than 10 to 15 good games um, playing for the national team. Um, he's had a couple good ones here and there in, in some of the Asian cups. Um, you could even argue a couple good ones here and there in the world cup, um, either in 2014 or 2018. But I, you know, I, I think that even that's stretching it a little bit. He has, uh, he has been the player that has made very costly mistakes in the past. Even today we saw he nearly assisted, a, gave a beautiful assist, I would say, uh, to a Bahrain at the top of the box on a set piece, just very clumsily uh, passing it right to a Bahraini forward at the top of the box in dangerous area um, on a set. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I personally would not have him anywhere close to being in the starting lineup or even, honestly even in the, the national team squad. Um, but he seems to be that modern day um shojo uh, i'll kind of compare him to where he was kind of like way past his prime and still on the national team i think we've reached that point with hodge Sefi where he's um way past his prime and he's um you know he he's he's here and he's our captain yeah it's a tough situation i mean like i said i agree with you i i personally would not call him up to the squad i mean if someone said you have a choice whether he gets 
uh, whether he gets to play defensive midfield or he's a, either a starting left back or backup left back. Okay. I'm going to go with the latter and say, okay, fine. He's a left back, but just don't let him play defensive midfield. That's pretty much my, my take there because he did have a giveaway in the previous time playing against Bahrain and it led to that foul from Majid Hosseini that led to the penalty. And that was the only goal Bahrain scored. And to have lost to Bahrain that, you know, that previous time Iran played them, you know, that, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a well-earned win for Bahrain in the first place. To me, it was just one of those typical garbage Bahrain wins, but, you know, let's go back now. Let's focus of course on the positives. There was that substitution made to start the second half, you know, Goldus came on for Milad and Mohammadi. And at that point, it's that to me, I don't think it really grazed much eyebrows, but you right away realize, oh, wait. So if Mohammadi's coming out, it meant that Hatshafi was moving to left back, Goldus playing in midfield. That right there, I believe, was a really like definitely a breath of fresh air for us. Totally agree. Um, the whole flow of the game changed, uh, and it does change when you do have a guy like Goldus in midfield who, like I said, distributes the ball. His movement on and off the ball is just really flawless. Um, when you have someone like that in your midfield who can just set up chances for your forwards, um, knows how to go um, you know, forward and transition from defense to offense on counters, um, it makes a huge difference. And we saw him do all of those things. We saw him in transition have a lot of success. We saw him, you know, f- find the guys that he needed to with the forwards uh, and the wingers. And he works, he works very well with, you know, whoever he's around. So that was a key substitution that really had a huge impact right away on the second half. And when talking about the second half, you know, let's just get right to those goals and talk about those. Sardar Azmoun, um, you know, scoring in the 54th minute, assisted by Tarami Azmoun again in the 61st minute. Again, assisted by Mehdi Atarami. I mean, some great goals. It was really cool to see. It was really awesome to see the way Iran was attacking, the way they were moving the ball. You know, this this, this wasn't one of those games where, oh, yeah, we ended up scoring because of a, a set piece on a free kick. Well, actually, I would say our free kicks haven't been that successful anyways. But it wasn't one of those games where we relied, like, on a corner kick or, you know, or some, like, kind of lucky sequence of play or anything like that. I mean, you got to like that teamwork between – Tarami and Osmoon. I mean, it was just, I, I mean, the only word I could use to describe that is perfect. Yeah, they just like, it, they have their moments. I don't even want to say they have their moments. I would say most of the time they sync up really well together. Like they have the ability that every coach kind of wants their forwards to have, which is like to the, you know, one has the ability to read the other's mind. Um, so yeah, we saw that in the Asian cup, like, you know, very, very clearly. Um, and we haven't seen it in a little while, but like today was like, especially in the second half was a very crystal clear, um, you know, example of that where they were timing each other perfectly, finding each other perfectly. Um, you know, both, both those assists that Tarmi had were just absolutely a class. Um, and, you know, those runs by Osmoon were brilliant as well. So um, hats off to both of them for that. They did an amazing job in the second half working together and um, doing what they need to do, which is creating chances and, and finishing them. And that third goal was actually scored by Tarmi. I mean, talk about a perfect night for both Tarmi and Osmoon. Tarmi, you know, put the basically put on the finishing touches after taking that pass from Nurulahi. And remember, before that, it was Torabi who you know, stole the ball from a Bahraini defender, got to Nurlahi, then to Tarami, and Tarami put it away, no problems. 
three nothing win for Iran. I mean, it was perfect. And you know, and the thing is, I'm gonna get to the group standings in just a moment. I don't want to forget about that. But going into this game, it seemed like there was so much talk of you know what's gonna happen. I mean, there's always this. It seems like with the Iranian with Team MLE fans, and I hate to say it, it's that there's always this concern for any game playing against Bahrain. I mean, to be honest, yes, if this game were to, were to have been played at Azadi Stadium like it should have been, I th- obviously we would have been much more relaxed, especially you know thinking about a full stadium and all that. But in this situation, I think a lot of us didn't really think so much about how much more different it, w- it was going to be. Yes, in Bahrain's National Stadium, but no fans. Yeah, um, it, you know, that definitely does add a little bit of like um, uh, anxiety, I guess you could call it, like for lack of a better word, um, to kind of like, you know, us as fans, you know, um, mentally preparing ourselves for like what's to come, um, you know, because when you don't have when we're playing in Azadi, you know, if we're playing against Bahrain with a packed house um we're 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 probably not going to be that nervous especially with a fully healthy lineup like we had today um you know you're you, I, I i would not feel that on edge if we were in Azadi, but because of the conditions in uh Bahrain, um and because of of course also maybe you could even throw in the lack of preparation that we had kind of coming into this game um things of that nature it does add a little bit of anxiety as a fan because, you know, you, you look at a team like Bahrain, they had great preparations. Um, they're used to playing in th- those kinds of conditions. Um, it, it, it can be a toss-up. We've seen in, in the past before where we've been in those situations and we've had a curveball thrown our way and, um, you know, we didn't respond well. And obviously with the situation we're in, we couldn't afford to let that happen. So, I, you know, give the coaching staff the respect because, uh, the, you know, it, at the end of the day, they got the result that we needed. Um, I think it's fair to say they got an even uh, better result than most of us expected. I don't know if, if it would be fair to say that, uh, you know, most people were thinking that we're going to win three, nothing like that's, that, that's a, that's a really solid result when you're talking about, uh, you know, a place that we have never won a competitive match in. So um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, hats off to the coaching staff for doing what they need to do to get the, the result. And we'll get to the coaching staff in just a moment, but just with the group standings, currently Iraq is top of the group with 14 points. Iran has 12 points. Bahrain also with 12 points, Hong Kong with five, Cambodia with one, but let's not forget Iran not only has a much more superior, not, not only a much more superior goal difference against Bahrain, but also has Bahrain beat head to head because a three, nothing win you know, it's much better than, you know, that combined that with a one, nothing loss um, a year and a half ago. Yeah. Iran's got that against over Bahrain and also even has a game in hand over Bahrain now. So that's, of course, those are the standings. Iran still has two more games left, one against Cambodia and one against Iraq. Obviously, of course, it can't be surprised that everyone will be overlooking the game against Cambodia and focusing on Iraq, but of course, one game at a time, but having going back to what you said earlier, giving the coaching staff credit, let's talk about head coach Dragon Skocic. I mean, before the game, many people saw the starting lineup. There was many people that were upset. You know, this was a total head scratcher thing. You know, we're saying why Hatshafi starting over Said as a Tulahi. But now, what do you say about Dragan Skocic? Are you in that? Are you in that camp of hey, you know what? Iran won three nothing. Skocic is a genius. Or are you saying hey, glad we won? But there's still something. There's still some other things to focus on and make adjustments about. 
I'm reserving my opinion on Skocic until after all the games are over because at the end of the day, like, you know, these four games was a journey that we were all embarking on as a country, as a fan base, as a team, however you want to look at it. Um, and the mission isn't over. Has he gotten off to a good start, in my opinion? I, I, I do think he has. I think that, you know, in the first two games, we were presented with a set of challenges. Um, and I think that he has done well to combat those challenges. Do I think he's been flawless? Absolutely not. I do think that the team has uh, looked vulnerable defensively still. Um, he has not addressed that issue. We, it's that existed really ever since Kairos left. Under Wilmots, we started to look really de- vulnerable defensively, and we still do. There's still lots of holes for... Um, you know, the opposition who's scouting us uh, coming up, you know, we're playing against a very solid, in my opinion, Iraq team who's uh, also very well coached. You know, Strako Kotinic is a very um, smart, in my opinion, manager. He um, gave uh, Carlos Queiroz Iran team a very difficult time. Um, so I think that he's going to watch these games and he's going to, you know, be able to identify those, you know, holes and those weaknesses um, uh, that we have defensively. And then uh, again, another weakness is also the, the uh, set pieces um, uh, as well um, and dealing with aerial balls. Moharami against Hong Kong looked lost one game that, that could have turned differently if that was a better opposition, um, uh, you know, with higher quality forwards that would have, you know, taken advantage of those opportunities. Um, you know, Khali Zode, Kanoni, they, they, they've all had at least maybe one moment where they've all looked a little lost um, and it would have it might have cost them against a better opposition. Um, so I think I think that that needs to be tightened up um, and that definitely needs to be addressed. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have really liked his player selection today. I liked his player selection in the first game a lot. Um, so again, I'm reserving my opinion on him until I can see kind of how he approaches the Iraq game. Um, I've been screaming this, you know this, because I've told this to you personally many times, but you cannot afford to leave someone Godus on the bench. That that is an absolute crime. We saw in the fir- in a game against Hong Kong how big of a difference he made, and today he made an even bigger difference. He cannot afford to get this wrong against Iraq. Iraq is a better team than Bahrain. They have, um, a, a, in my opinion, a, again also. A very well coached team, Bahrain and Iraq, both very well coached team. But I, I would say uh, Iraq is even better coached. Um, he cannot afford to approach that game without giving us the best chance to win. I don't think today, with the starting lineup he had, he gave us the best chance to win. He made changes in the second half, and those changes that he made resulted in us winning the game. So I think from the start going forward, needs to get that game a hundred percent right from the jump um so again i will hold my opinion on him well i definitely like your thinking on that because you know it's really easy to jump to conclusions and you know iran's only played two of these big four qualifiers and yeah I, like i said your, your mindset is a good one i think plenty of other uh, team le fans will be agreeing with you as well and you know when you talked about you know, you mentioned being vulnerable on defense. I wasn't surprised that you that you mentioned that as well. But I definitely have to piggyback a bit on what you said about Saman Godus. He's an extremely extremely gifted player. I mean, he was he brought up through European through the European football system. You might as well call him, you know, t- a typical European footballer. And I, I like to say that just 
I really think that, you know, if Salman Godus were to not be in the starting lineup against Iraq, I would have to be, I'd be extremely shocked by that. But, and, you know, there's some, you know, through the grapevine, not sure how much some of these rumors are true. You know, we talk about things like hearsay, uh, supposedly uh, Godus and some other players on Tio Melli were not so happy with the starting lineup. And to be honest, you know, I, I can't blame them for being unhappy about that, especially Godus. Yeah. Um, you know, especially with the way that they played, it's, it, 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 it's understandable. Um, I'll tell you what though, I, I don't think that they're, uh, I, I do want to comment on that because I did, you know, he, read some things on the internet about players being like upset and whatnot. I, I don't think that the players were as mad as maybe some were thinking, because if you're that mad, you know, sometimes it could hinder your ability to play the game and focus on the game. He came out there and he just looked ready. Um, he looked motivated. Um, and, 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 you know, maybe so, so were some of the other guys who felt they were snubbed. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see going forward how, how ultimately this is going to pan out. Like if they're going to um, have him on the bench or, or start him, um, we know what everyone wants. I think it's pretty unanimous that, the fan base wants um, and is ready for to see Goldust as a starter. And you know, one thing I want to say, we're getting closer to wrapping up this this edition of Team Melly Talk. You know, you mentioned Iraq's coach on more than one occasion, Srechko Katanets. And when we look back at the game where Iraq beat Iran, and you know, this is not a shocking thing to say. Clearly, Katanets outcoached Mark Wilmots, and obviously, the name Wilmots—it's a name I don't even really like to mention very often. But you know, to me. Like, yeah, we, like I said, Katanitz outcoached him. But that was just such a ridiculous situation because it was as if Wilmots was like, the way Wilmots made decisions that time, it's as if he wanted to lose that game. So this time around, I feel like Skocic doesn't even have that hard of a job as in, you know, who's going to win this chess match. I think he'll be fine as long as he has the best players in the starting lineup. And there's already plenty of depth on the bench as well. Yeah, I agree. I think there's there's two things that that it'll come down to. Um, I think it's going to come down to Iran's ability to come out ready, not like they did today. They came out today the first 45 minutes and quite literally most of the the first half the players were walking and jogging. And and I've read different, you know, um ideas and different uh, opinions on why that may have been and you know, we'll, we'll Skocic comments on that himself to really judge, you know, whether that was reasonable or not. Um, but ultimately, yes, I, I, I agree with you. We do need the right starting lineup and we need the right approach from the very first minute against Iraq, because if we can get that early goal, if we can get that goal in the first 20, 25 minutes um, against Iraq and really force them to open up a little bit, and then our players go one-on-one matchups. Uh, go on a one-on-one matchups with their players. Oh, you, we already know whose players are superior at that point. So, um, you know, our our approach and our starting lineup in that game is going to be very, very important. I think if um, Skocic gets that right, then he wins and he'll earn my respect. And I think at that point, he'll earn everyone else's respect as well. You know. Iran's the game that comes before Iraq is the game against Cambodia. And it seems like no one is really wanting to talk so much about it. I mean, yeah, Cambodia scored two goals. They've allowed 34, 
I wouldn't be surprised the majority of their players are, you know, semi-pro footballers because the Cambodian, you know, the top flight of Cambodian football is obviously nothing to really write home about. But would you want to see Iran play with a first team squad against Cambodia? Or are you able to say straight up, hey, just have a just have a reserve squad play and give those starters a lot of rest? No, I don't think it's good to have like all of your starters being benched and then go into like a you know a key match like against Iraq and have that be like um, you know just everyone is it was off for like a week or, or so. Um, uh, they need to keep everyone active. So uh, my, me personally, like I, I would probably go with like a 50-50 lineup of like fifty uh, percent maybe people who haven't played that much or featured off the bench. Um, and then 50% like the, the other starters. So um, the, 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 the main starters, though, that are going to be important for Iraq and will start against Iraq, um, I would just take them out like probably either at halftime or early in the second half. So like, for example, like Tarmi, I would start him personally, but wouldn't play him more than 50 minutes at the absolute most, uh, 55, 60 minutes. Um, so that way he can get some rest. You know, I must say great minds think alike because I was pretty much thinking the same thing. Got to have some kind of 50-50 lineup. Yeah, j- j- the thought of just going with the full-on reserve squad, you, you know, it kind of gets me that feeling too where, you know, we, we don't want our players going into that last game against Iraq being rusty. That's the last thing we would want. So that's the last thing we would want. And also leading up to these games, w- would you also say that maybe there's like a small pass for our for our national team and maybe not being so sharp? Because let's face it, there, were, there weren't that many games – there weren't that many friendly games to play prior to these qualifiers. So, I mean, do you feel like now more and more Iran's just getting more and more in sync because of these qualifiers? Definitely. Um, of course, every, every game is an opportunity for the team to gel together more, to show what they can do together more and more. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do think that the Cambodia game has a lot of value. Um, I, I actually like the way that the scheduling was. It's because, like, essentially, we have a preparation match before every important match is kind of the way I looked at it. I was like, okay, Hong Kong is going to be a good preparation for Bahrain and Cambodia. Um, maybe not a nicer ideal preparation for Iraq because there's a huge gap. Uh, there's a bigger gap between Cambodia and Iraq versus Hong Kong and Bahrain. But you get the point. The point is, is that we get, um, you know, a little bit of a warm up before kind of being faced with a, with a, with a bigger challenge. Um, so I, I kind of, I personally, personally like that, um, you know, having maybe back to back really tough games like Bahrain and, and Iraq, would take a little bit more of a toll on our players. But um, look, at the end of the day, we're Iran. We have, uh, you know, really strong squad um, compared to the opposition, no matter who we play. Um, And we just have to, you know, recognize that we need to treat our opponents with respect. We need to treat um, um, our our teammates with respect and uh, ultimately just trust whoever's in the starting lineup and make sure that we get the job done because, um, there's not a team in this group that we shouldn't be able to beat. And that next game for Iran will be against Cambodia on the 11th of June. And of course, a huge showdown with Iraq on the 15th of June. Dara, as always, pleasure to have you on Team LA Talk. I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, Dara. Always a pleasure. And that's it, everybody, for this edition of Team LA Talk. Really do appreciate the support. Make sure you get to our website, www.teamlatalk.com. You know where to find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You know the handle, at Team LA Talk. 
Make sure you check out our Tumblr page as well, and also our latest episodes on YouTube. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this edition of Team LA Talk. We'll see you soon.